0: We are going to move into uh, the Word and we're going to to be looking at a a few verses uh, out of Galatians uh, today, a a letter that Paul wrote to to the church and just a a few verses that I feel like uh, for me over the last few weeks have just been really helpful and looking at the idea today of this, of of sowing and planting. And, you know, in the world, you know, I I feel like 2020, who thought like 2020 was like pretty strange, felt like it went for about five years, I reckon, uh, one year. This year seems to be going really, really fast but I feel like in January, I was so full of hope that life was gonna go back to normal. Uh, you know, I was like, oh, I can't, you know, 2020, like they're gonna get rid of this thing and we're gonna go back to normal and it's gonna be good. But I don't know about you, but I, I don't feel like life's gone back to normal. Uh, I feel like maybe there's a new normal. Um, you know, there's things, I saw a meme the other day like saying my boss is telling me to come back to work and then it's like, but I work from home now. Um, you know, like <laughs> I take my shower in my, in my morning tea break and. You know, I go, for a, I go for a walk during lunch, just popped out for a few minutes, I swear. Like, I haven't been out all day. But we've, we've created some, some new rhythms for ourselves. We knew like, you know, a little while ago we didn't even do church on, online like this, and, and we do now. And there's so many good things that have come out of kind of what we've been through over the last little while. But I also feel like it's been real disruptive and so I take a look at my own life, maybe there's been a sense of me that's been going, I'm just going to like hang until things go back to normal. Like I'm just going to kind of, you know, not do too much, not go too hard, not maybe be too radical with life because it's just going to change again in a little while. But now I'm looking and it's like September and things are still a little bit the same. Like... There's a few of us that are a little bit nervous uh, next weekend because there's an AFL grand final in Perth and we're all going, please no lockdown, please no lockdown, please no lockdown, please no. So if you could join me praying this week (laughs) that there's no, I don't know why you're laughing. uh, Dead set serious. Um, That there'd be no, but isn't that a little bit how we live? Like we're just waiting for something else to change or or waiting for something to happen or, and I feel like if we keep doing that, life in a lot of ways is just going to pass us by. And like I said, I think there's some really great things that have come. I, I feel like for me, I've learned some great lessons. There's some things I've been able to put into my life that, that weren't there before and are really good. But if I'm honest, sometimes I, I live like life's a bit of a holding pattern. And I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to get to 2022 and go, oh, hopefully it'll just be better now. Or get to 2023 and go, oh, hopefully I can take a trip now. Or hopefully I can do something else that I didn't have to do whilst I'm still working from home. You know, the, the reality is I, I want my life to continue to move forward and be fruitful and do the things that God wants me to do. And the two, these two words, kind of sowing and planting, or you can call it sowing and reaping, whatever you like to refer to it as, oh, I feel like i this timeless principle out of the Bible. You would hear it said like different ways, like you know you always get what you give or you reap what you sow or You know, something bad happens, something you go, well, what goes around comes, you know, you, you hear that. And that's not necessarily the principle of this, but there is this biblical principle to sowing and reaping, planting and harvest. And I truly do believe that the things that we sow into our lives, the things that we plant are going to be the very things that we harvest, that come back to us. And Paul writes this letter to the Corinthians and there's these few verses in here where where he talks about this. And it, it says this, it says, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. You know, he starts this out, this, this, you know, I I love Paul because you always kind of know where you stand with him, right? Like there's no like beating around the bush, like he's not like... He doesn't, I don't think he believes in the like compliment sandwich, you know, like when you tell someone something nice, then you kind of whack them between the eyes and then you tell them something like, like, Paul just comes out and he's like, whacks you straight between the eyes. Like the best you're going to get from him is like greetings. But you know, he he comes out and he's like, you can't mock God. Now I don't know about you, but I I don't think in my life I'd ever deliberately set out to mock God. Like I I don't think that's an intelligent thing to do, Uh, but also not something I would want to do. But what he's referring to here is not kind of necessarily laughing in the face of God or teasing God or or mocking God the way we would think of that today. The the translation literally kind of talks about turning your nose up at God, like snubbing God, kind of going, yeah, I understand kind of what you're saying here, God, but cheers. I'm going to do this instead. Or I understand, you know, God, you're speaking to me and this is the way you're calling me to to live life and and what's in it. What, what you're telling me you, you want for me, but I'm going to go and, and, and do this instead. It's the, it's the recognizing of, of who God is, but then going, I'm going to park that and, and I'm going to go do something else. It's, it's almost like seeing God in the street and then being like, yep, yeah, cool, thanks, man. Um, hope he didn't recognize me. That's what he's talking about. Not kind of blaspheming God necessarily, but snubbing him with our actions. Snubbing him with the way we, we live our life. And not including him in this place. And and sowing and reaping back then is is similar kind of to how it's done now. The only difference was it it involved like an entire community. Does anyone here like grow their own kind of food? Entirely? I see you there. A little bit. Growing a little bit of food. That's good. I don't know about you. I don't grow any food. I grow weeds um, at home. They just grow through my grass. I don't even need to try. Like I'm an expert at it. But growing your own food back when this was written was like really common it was the main source of income lots of people most people farmed in fact they didn't just kind of sow one thing they would sow wheat they'd sow grapes they'd, there's all these things and then they would reap a harvest and that harvest would be how they lived how they traded how they sold still if you live on a farm now I got a friend who lives on a farm and every year and he's a school teacher and every year in the school holidays he goes home I'm like cool you're going home to see your family he's like yeah harvest time like, what do you mean? He goes, "Yep, going home and harvest." I'm like, oh, you like? He's like, "Yep, I drive the harvester." I'm like, "Oh, that's your break." He goes, "It's just what we do." Like, I don't live on the farm. I don't have to work on the farm, but I go home for harvest. It's like a family thing. It's a community thing because he knows that's how the family survives on the farm. And so his part of his community is to to kind of go home and do that and harvest and sowing and planting and and. Looking up, it was a community thing. It brought people together. It dictated time and seasons. It dictated the pace of life. It kind of centered people around what they needed to do to live their lives. And for us, I feel like we're not necessarily physically planting things in our lives. Maybe Josie here is and some others are. And that's really good. But the reality is there is a thing about this idea of sowing and reaping that should center our lives because it should center our lives around Christ and and what he's calling you and I to plant with our lives. And it should dictate the pace of our lives. It should dictate our community here at True North and and how we do things and what brings us together and what we're known for. It's an important principle that I feel like sometimes, maybe, maybe this is just for me, so this could just be a confession to you all this morning, that sometimes I forget about this and I just live life and I just walk through it and I just go through the motions. Like Pastor Michelle said, sometimes you just get a bit familiar with your own life. I know what's gonna happen, it's Monday, I know what I do on Mondays, I know what I do on Tuesdays, and so on and so on, and we just walk through the motions. And then suddenly it's December, and everyone's like, whoa, that year went fast, where did Christmas come from? Well, we just went through the motions for 12 months. And then we get to January, like there's so much promise in this year, like I just cannot wait. (laughs) I'm gonna change the world this year. Gonna do that thing I always said I would. Gonna to go to the gym. Like next summer, I'm gonna be so fit. Gonna be a great year. Merry Christmas. Dude, didn't that year go fast? We just get familiar and we go through the motions. And if we go through the motions and that's what we sow, that's what we plant, you know what we're gonna reap? The same thing we always get. And so, my question this morning that comes out of this is. And question to me, and and maybe question to you is, what are you planting? Do you know what you're planting with your life? Do you know what seed you're scattering? Do you know intentionally what you're doing with your life? Because you will always, it says in the scripture, it says there, it says, you will always harvest what you plant. Always. And so knowing what you plant is so important knowing what you're trying to do with your life, having a plan is is so important. And the question I was asking myself this week is, is the majority of what I'm planting with my life the things of God or the things of me? The things that are going to make my life better, that I think are important, or the things that God thinks are important? You know, I believe there are three main ways that we can do this in our lives. And Sorry, JP, I'm going to jump around a little bit here for a sec. There are three things I believe that are the main tools that we have to sow in our lives. The first one is this, it's our time. The most limited resource that we have is our time. And we always, I don't know about you, I always think I'll get to that thing when I have more time. I, some, you know, Sometimes you can talk to someone who's retired and one of the things they'll say to you is, and I, and I hear this all the time, is I'm busier now than I have ever been in my entire life. I'm like, what do you mean, man? You just freed up like 50 hours a week. Like you don't have no job. What are you doing? And they find all this spare time to do stuff, but there seems to be this energy in this. Then also this, like I thought everything was going to change. Like I thought I was going to go caravanning and have a great time. Just travel around and now I'm just busier than I've ever been in my life. It was almost like the 50 hours of work provided some structure. And time can slip away. You know, the reality is we're never going to be able to wait to have more time to do the things that we really need to do. We have to make a decision to be able to fight for our time. The second up there is our, our talent. They're the gifts that we have, the things that we're good at. Maybe the things that make us tick, the things that make us happy. Some of us will find that in our jobs. We, we're doing jobs that we believe we're called to or that we're good at. Many of you will have different gifts. And you say, our worship team, aren't they like incredibly talented and gifted people? using their talents to to bless us on the weekends. We were having a discussion at the Alpha Day yesterday about kind of the the gifts of the Spirit and, and how God gives us gifts. And one of the observations that someone made was that the gifts that God gives us are always about making other people better. Notice they're never about kind of making us better. God gives us gifts that we use to help the community of believers be raised up and better. That God gives us gifts and resources that we can use to show other people who he is and see people drawn to him. See, the way we sow our talents should show that there's more about other people than it is about us. And the last one is this, it's our treasure. Our resources. The money that we have, the resources that we're blessed and gifted with. You know, Jim Carrey Through uh, one of the Alpha videos, I heard this quote. He says this, and some of you may have heard it before. It says, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so that they can see that that's not the answer. You know, we can have all the money and resource in the world. We can go, oh, I'll wait to to give until I have enough money to be able to do that. Or I'll wait to be able to save enough. Or I'll wait for God to put more in my hand so that I can give out more. The reality is we're called to sow our resources into the things that God wants us to put them into. Is it bad to have the new iPhone 13? I don't think so. Hopefully not, because I really want one. (laughs) So God, if you could just give me a... The the reality is those things are not bad. But if that is what we are sowing with our lives, we're going to get to the end of our lives with a lot of old iPhones that don't work anymore, that Apple have slowed down that, you know, tomorrow we'll buy a new computer and then this has literally happened to me like three days later, they're like, that model is no good anymore, we've got this one. I'm like, are you joking? What is that? It's temporary. We can put our resources into things that are temporary or we can put our resources into things that are eternal. And I don't know about you, but I, I spend a lot of my time, if I'm honest, putting my resources into things that are temporary. And so you know what I'm going to reap is things that are temporary. It says here, if you you invest your time into things of the flesh, you are going to gain things of the flesh. But if you put your resources and your time and your talent into the things that are of God, you're going to reap a great harvest. Not one that is temporary, but one that is eternal. We need to know what it is that we're planting. If we're not intentional with the seed that we sow, then you're never going to realize what grows out of your life. But it'll be temporary and it'll be unfulfilling and you'll be looking for the next thing. I love that quote. You know, the other thing about this is it's not just throwing seed out. You know, when they sowed, it wasn't just like they just walked around with like bags of seed, just ditching it everywhere, going, woo! The more of this I just throw out, the more of it I'm going to get back. It's not a one-off thing. It's not a, you know, I want to sow into myself as, and, and help myself spiritually, so I'll read my Bible one time. And then I'll, I'll go to church one time. You know, I'll, I'll sing a song like a couple of times. And then, you know, a month later, I'll, I'll pick it back up again. You know, if we, we want lives that produce fruit, the sowing is continual. You know, I was having a little bit of a look at it, and uh, believe it or not, I'm not a good gardener. Um, but I was looking into what they do, and there's like two months of like preparing ground and, and sowing seed. Then there's like another two months of, Sowing more, see, they call it like a delayed sowing and looking after the ground and, and watering it. And they relied so much on rain rather than water, so they would build these walls that would keep water in to be able to grow the crop. It was a constant job. I was talking to my neighbor down the road, his name's Eddie. He's an older bloke, he has the best lawn on the street. Like I think when he retired, and he won't mind me saying this, when he because I've said it to him, when he retired, I think he invested all of his working life into his lawn. And Lord, forgive me, every time I see a little bit of like his lawn being a bit patchy or a bit dead or a bit out, I like take just a slight amount of pleasure in it. I'm like, (laughs) looking a bit rough, Eddie. He's like, I know. And then he's out there for days. Like he's out there every day just perfecting his lawn. His garden is immaculate. He brings everybody's bins in. Like he just, swear he's always in the front yard. But, you know, I was talking to him, I'm like, how do you do that? Like I actually have the same type of lawn in my front yard as his. And let me tell you. It doesn't look anything like Eddie's lawn. I'm like, Eddie, what's your secret? Like, what's your spray? Like, what do you use? Come on, man, it's time to share. One generation to the next. Help me have better lawn, Eddie. Because I'm telling you, all that grows in my front yard is weeds. Without trying. Like, I can weed it, and I go inside, and I go to work the next day, and you know what? More weeds. And he's like, firstly, when you planted that thing, you didn't, like, lay the soil down right. That's why your grass is struggling pretty much going to struggle for a while because of that. I'm like, cool. He goes, but I'm like, I can't get rid of these weeds. There's no spray that will get rid of it. Just tell me what will do it. He goes, you know what it is? He goes, every day I go out my front yard and I pull out my weeds. He's like, you're just not very good at this. Just pull your weeds out. I'm like, have you seen how many there are, Eddie? I don't have that kind of time. And he's like, it's okay. You're just not going to have this kind of lawn. I'm like, yeah, righto, mate. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Trudge back on up the street. <laughs> Eddie. But isn't it true, we all want good grass. We all want good lives that grow and produce good fruit. Yet sometimes we think just rolling it out is is good enough. Throwing the seed down is good enough. But it takes an investment of time and resource and energy to build into that thing to see it grow. And that's why I think Paul kicks into it with this next thing, and he says this, he says, do not get tired of doing good. Not being good, doing good. So often it, gardening for me just makes me, thought of gardening just makes me tired. Like I'd rather go for a run, which is like gardening, running. Uh, Then it just makes me feel exhausted because it is hard work. But it says, don't get tired of doing good. Don't get tired of doing the right thing, investing in the things that I'm calling you to. Don't get tired of sowing those seeds. Because he goes on to say, At just the right time, God's timing, you'll reap a great harvest. You know, we don't get to determine the timing. That's God's deal. He just calls us to sow. He just calls us to be faithful. He just calls us to keep on going to keep walking, to keep living the life, keep, keep sowing into one another, doing the things that are good, doing good by others, investing in, our, in ourselves in the right way and to not get tired of that, to not give up because it's just the right time. God will move in your situation, your circumstance. So often I sit there and be like, I'm just tired of whatever this is that I'm doing. So just how, is, is there any point to it? I don't, I, don't, I don't see any fruit. But then funny enough, someone will encourage you or someone will come along your path and having great people around you is so helpful, encourage you to keep going. And then it's funny to look back and go, wow, look at what's happened. Perseverance. is just so crucial and key to seeing what God will do in your life. The last thing is this, is that opportunity is actually everywhere. In these verses... It says, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. And then it goes on to say, especially those in the family of faith. You know, quite often in my life, I don't often will think about kind of doing good and think about how that's telling other people about Jesus, which is, which is really good. Don't get me wrong, I'm not frowning on that. But for a moment, it says it should start on the inside, especially those in the family of faith. You know, we, we do this great, I don't think we do this great thing as a church. I think it's a common thing, but at a church, we, we do this. It's, it's called Meal trains. anyone ever experienced a Meal Train before? Guilty. You know, I remember when we had our kids, Meal Train was amazing. And we had people rocking up to our house. And I felt so bad because I knew they came to our church, but I didn't know who they were. Like maybe I hadn't met them before or they, like, they signed up to it. So they came from a different place, a different campus that maybe they knew. I hadn't. And every now and again, they'd been in a while, and I was like, I'm really sorry. I just, I, I don't know who you are. It's so awkward. But you know what? It didn't matter that I had this great connection to them. They were doing something great for the family of faith. Mm-hmm. Hey, someone in our, in our place is in need. I'm going to help them. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to do something good for them. Yeah. I was telling my friends about that. They were, they were having a baby. I'm like, are you guys on the, the whole meal train thing? It's good. Let me give you some tips. Like, ask a pastor. No. Um, <laughs> joking, joking, joking. And they're like, what's that? I'm like, oh, people like cook you food and bring it to you. And they're like, who cooks you food? I'm like, wait, hang on. You just, you don't have this in your life. And they're like, what? People at your church like made you food. And I'm like, yeah. And they dropped it off. And we ate it. And it was really good. And, and, they, and they cared for us and they looked after us. You know, when, when my son was born, my son turned six today, which is awesome. It's his birthday. He's like, can't believe that. But when he was born, he was quite unwell. And It was a pretty crazy time, but you know what? We had so many people that we could just call out to and go, hey, we're we're having a hard time, and they were just there. No questions asked. Blessing us, looking after us. That's what it should look like in the community of believers. That when people think of the church, man, those people know how to do good by one another. Man, when you go there, the experience is so good. I feel like there's this part of it, we've got to get this community thing right, this family. You know, I love this idea of imagine the family coming together. I feel like in this time, the the family has been scattered for so long. Not being able to gather, not being able to gather in large groups for, for a long time. And I feel like there's this time for the family of believers to be coming back together, doing good by one another, investing in one another. And watching from that, Happening in here to go out and make a difference in our communities, in our families, in our jobs, schools, you know, wherever you find yourself during the week. That the church will be known as the people that do good by one another. They don't get tired of it and they don't want anything in return. It's just who they are and what they're about. You know, people dropping off meals at our house weren't like, hey, uh," you know, so in two weeks' time, it's payback time. You know, like, that's not how it works, it's just doing good. By one another that we would mentor one another we would look after one another and that that's what we would be known for and the team are going to come back out and sort of wrap this up in a the, the way i kind of wanted to leave this and finish this was this is that if we could have that time treasure talent slide back up is if you've got a phone or a notebook maybe write these three things down if you don't have one that's okay i hear they're like oh, i don't have a phone Get a 13, you can take a photo of it. But time, talent, treasure. For all of us, this is incredibly personal. We all have a limited amount of time. I have a limited amount of talent. I don't know about you. Maybe you have an unlimited amount of talent. We all have our own amount of treasure. And so what I'm sowing in my life with these things is going to in some ways be different to what you're sowing in, your life and where you're doing that but the question is when you look at these three things if you were to take an audit of these three things where you're spending your time where you're spending your gifts where you, how you're using them what you're using them for and your treasure I mean that's the easiest one to track because the bank does it for you but the, where you, you spend your, your, your money the resources that you have that God's blessed you with would you say that you're sowing into the the kingdom of God with your life. When it comes to to reaping a harvest of these things, I was asking myself this same question this week. Do I feel like the harvest I would reap would be the one that's been sowing this stuff into the kingdom well? Or do I sow it a little bit more into the things that make me feel comfortable, that make me feel good? To make my life just a little bit better. And again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those comforts in life, but where does the majority of these things in your life go? Towards the things that God would have you do that you know, that you know in your heart that He would call you to, or into the other things. You know, I mentioned before I have two young kids, and what I really want for them more than anything else is to invest their life into the things of God. Like they're real small and they don't quite get it yet and that's okay. But you know where they're going to learn that stuff from? Unfortunately, they're going to learn it from me. And so they're going to learn how to spend their time by the way I spend my time. They're going to learn how to use the gifts that they have the same way that we use the gifts that we have. And they're going to learn to spend money the same way I teach them to spend money. And the example that I want to set for them is and so it's really easy to put that into a clear thought for me. What do they see from me? Do they see these things being invested into the kingdom to sowing into the things that God would have me sow into? Or would they go, you guys are just about yourselves. The things that I put back into my life, are they gonna, they, do they see those things? Do they see me read the Bible? Do they they see me come to church on a regular basis? You know, parents will often say, I I can't get my kid to come to church. And sometimes they, they don't come to church because they don't think it's important because sometimes we don't make it important. If we want this thing to go from generation to generation to generation, we need to set an example on how to do that. To get around one another, mentor one another, teach one another, encourage one another, do good by one another so that we might reap a harvest that is good. And I don't stand here and say, hey, I just nail this every day. So I'll stand here and just tell you how it's done. It's a constant battle. And I was reading, I'll just share one more quote as we, we finish this up. From Ralph Waldo Emerson. Don't even know who that bloke is, but it says this, and it's brilliant. It says, sow a thought and you reap an action. Sow an act and you reap a habit. Sow a habit and you reap a character. Sow a character and you reap a destiny. It starts with how we think and then the habits that we build and the character that we produce in our lives. Ultimately, it's going to determine the kind of person that we become. And so this week, all I'm asking you to do is not go and make some rapid change in your life and go, you know what, it's January 1st, I'm going to change everything. Just start with a thought. How am I spending my time? God, am I spending my time the way you want me to do that? Am I kind of snubbing you with the way that I live my life? Because we can't get around that. The Bible just teaches that we will reap what we sow. Think about your talent, the things that he has blessed you with, the things that you are good at. And are you using them to benefit others? Or does it only really benefit you? And the last one is your treasure, your resources, the things that God has blessed us with. Are we using those to build the kind of life that honors God or the kind of life that honors self? And it starts in our thought life and it starts in our prayer life. And as we think about that and we focus on that, it leads us to action, which then builds into who we are. And then that builds into the kind of life that we have. And so it's a pretty practical encouragement today. But I feel like in a world that seems lost sometimes, that we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen in a week. We don't know what life's going to look like in six months' time. It's changing. And we can be changed by circumstance. And we can allow circumstance to dictate who we are in our lives. Or we can use who we are to roll with the change and continue to becoming the person that God calls us to be, regardless of situation and circumstance. And I don't know about you. I just don't want to roll through life, get into every December 31st and go on, it's going to be a new year and it's going to be great. I want the next few months of this year to be great and I want to see God do great things and I want to grow in Him and I want to see my life become more what He wants it to be and imagines it to be and less of what I want it to be in my own strength. And so I just want to pray for us and pray that this week you would have some time to be able to think over and hear from God in these areas in your life, that He would encourage you to continue to live a life that's going to reap a great harvest. That you plant and he helps to grow. Can I pray for us? Lord, I thank you that you have a plan for each person here. You have a plan for for me. You have a plan for everyone in the room and and online, Lord. And that plan is to, to, to reap a harvest that honors you. And so, Lord, I pray this week you would help us to think about the seeds that we are sowing, what we are planting, what we are growing, what we are responsible for stewarding in this life. And through our time and our talent and our resources, Lord, may we use them to build a life that does good for others and that honours you. And so, Lord, I thank you that you are faithful and in uncertain times and when things are ever changing, you remain constant and the same. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us centre our thoughts this week around you and what you would have us do. Lord, that you would bring people around us to encourage us and help us and do good by one another to see your name be great in this world. So Lord, may we all look back and be able to see that we have reaped a harvest of the things of the Spirit that last forever, that are not temporary, but make a difference in this world. We honour you and we thank you, Lord. Amen.